0: Hey, 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 we are ecstatic. I just looked at Joseph, and I said, I don't know what it is today, but I'm sick and tired of getting beat up. Anyone in the room that ever felt that way? Now, if this is your first time, I'm sorry, but I'm not, because I know this, man. You probably have gone through life, and you're like, you go to churches, and they're a little quiet, and I get it. We're a little different, and I'm not going to apologize that we're different. We're different on purpose. We don't want to be like everything around because, man, they're doing, it good as, they're doing good the way they're doing it. But our job is to reach those that have never known Jesus. And if you're a church folk, thanks for coming. But it, we love it when you're not because, guess what, that's our biggest mission. We want to show you who Jesus is. And if you find out who Jesus is, your life will be changed. Amen. I might have to reverse that and say that again. I, I thought you were going to be a little loud at that point, so let me say it again. You know, it's because of Jesus that our life is changed, and if Jesus changed our life, we got excitement inside of us. Thank you. Is I'm not going to have a quiet little snow service again. Every time it snows, I wake up and I go, oh, Lord, it's going to be a rough day. And I'll tell you why, you guys come in all chill like you just had hot cocoa and sit by a fire. And that's good and grand for you. But I'm just telling you, I want to I wanna come to a church. I didn't get dressed up for nothing. I'm not in my Sunday best feeling good. If You know what that song is? you're like, yeah, I get you. But hey, um, I'm excited today. Um, it's the last installment of a series we've been calling Bird Box. If this is your first time here, what we do is we get, um, we call them series. We get them around collections of talks for four weeks usually four weeks, five weeks, or however long I want to do it. And uh, we just kind of t- center around one thing, and we kind of use the Word of God. We believe the Word of God uh, heals lives. Amen? And and so we use the Word of God. We open it up, and we kind of spend about, we have 35 minutes together today. I promise you I'll go two hours. It's all good. Some of you are like, I'm changing churches. <laughs> no, I won't go longer than I won't. I I value your time. If you give me your time, I'm going to value yours. Amen? I think that's the way it should be. Churches shouldn't take your time and believe it's okay. Can I get an amen? Because we are, we are, let's just be honest. We as pastors believe we're the, we're the, we're God on earth, and we really aren't. We're just the chief repenters on earth. We repent more than you do. Hello, somebody. So I'm up here, and I'm just, you know me, I'm just going to be real. But we've been centering our, our talks around a collection that we call Bird Box. Now, has anyone ever seen Bird Box on Netflix? Anyone? Sandra Bullock's in it, so I'll watch anything with her. Hello, somebody. I'm married. I can still have crush. You know what I'm saying? Somebody like, what? No, I'm joking. That's wrong. <laughs> See, I told you I'm a chief repinner. Let's go, somebody. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, you did. All right. But I I got interested in it, and what I noticed is a bunch of people walking around with blindfolds. And I was like, why? Why are they walking around with blindfolds, and they're, they're traversing mountains and going down rivers with a blindfold on? I'm like, yo, bro, it's better if you see. You have eyes, let them see. But if they took off the blindfold, if you've seen it, a creature's waiting to attack. You know what I'm talking about. And see, I I, I, was, I was watching, I was like, man, that just looks like people nowadays. What I've noticed, a lot of us are traversing through mountains, traversing through pains, going through everything, being able to see physically, but are inwardly is wasting away day after day after day after day because our emotions are leading us so strongly that, let's say, even though we can see physically, spiritually, we have blindfolds over our eyes and we're walking around in what I call bound by emotions. And this series is not a series, this is a breakthrough. This is a breakthrough to get rid of the emotions that keep us bound. It's time for us to break free from the things that keep us bound. And I'm not talking about outward, I'm talking about inward. And we were talking about four emotions, the, I call them the big four, the big four emotions that keep us small. We started off with guilt, hello, shame keeps us small, amen? Then we talked about envy, Week after that, we got, last week we got up here and I did an illustration uh, with uh, called the faith field trip. I had a boat. That was fun. I almost broke my knee. It was awesome. But this week I'm excited because this week I get to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. And it's called anger. Anger. See, Jesus comes to you and he says, and he says this in Matthew 15. He goes, you're inward. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to guard your inward heart because this do you not see that whatever goes into your mouth goes into your stomach and comes out? <laughs> Who can Who's seen that before? <laughs> You've seen that? Amen. We can get behind that. He goes, but just like that, even though it was an outward thing that goes inward, your inward comes out through your mouth. And the way you talk shows what's inside of you. Have you had one of those moments where the thing that you said outward, you're like, why did I say that? And you kind of want to grab it and take it back and, put it back in, but it just keeps, keeps coming out, and you're like, why, why, why? Why, oh, why do I talk like this? Can I tell you, you, you may be inwardly wasting away. And he, t- and he goes on, and he, and he, he keeps going, and, and, and see, this is what I want you to know. How many of you guys um, ever have been angry, and you don't know why? Come on. You said something, you're like, oh, I just wish I didn't. And this internal thing that's going on inside—I wonder today. I want to ask you. I wonder today who's mad. (laughs) I got one. I'm mad right now. (laughs) I'm just angry. I I, man, I'll I'll tell you what. um, I, I I wonder today, out of all of us in this room, who's angry? Not me. I'm solid, Joel. I came in. I'm good. I'm at church, I can't be angry at church, bless God. We get up here and we sing songs, hallelujah. God is good, and we go out there with our mask on, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, and inside you're angry. Now, I will say this, um, how many of you know that the devil has given you so many reasons to be angry on a day-to-day basis? Uh, if you're not angry, let me, let me help you out. Uh, did you wake up and see the snow? Come on, somebody! I woke up and I was like, "No snow." God's good. We're walking out, and then as soon as I open the door to come to church, you know what falls off in the air? Snow. And I'm like, "God, mm. oh, I'm not angry, bro. Oh, yeah, you are. Now you have to think about it. It's snowing today. Guess what you're gonna have to do tomorrow? You're gonna have to get up and you're gonna have to drive in the snow traffic. Hey, man, somebody. I know that sounds crazy, but I think a lot of us we say we're not angry." And we're walking around with angry. But listen, some of you are like, no, I'm never going to be angry. But I'm going to be honest with you. This week, you're going to have an opportunity to be angry. You're going to be an opportunity. God, the devil's going to walk in your life and give you an opportunity to be angry. And guess what you're going to do? Average people, me, you, we kind of lean into anger. Amen? Anyone know what I'm talking about? When anger comes your way, you're like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm angry. And you let anger run your life. And how many guys know, aren't you sick and tired of anger being the boss of you? Aren't you sick and tired of the first reaction out of your head is anger? And so I want to show you a guy in the Bible. His name is Paul. Paul is awesome because Paul had every opportunity. If you don't know anything about the Bible, maybe this is your first time. I want to share with you this guy. His name is Paul. And Paul the Apostle wrote two-thirds of what we call the New Testament. Two-thirds. He planted all these churches. And in this moment, can I tell you, Paul, he was beat up the most. He was in prison the most. He was whipped the most. He was, uh, listen, shipwrecked. Not only was he shipwrecked, but a snake bit him. I mean, he had a lot to be angry about, right? And then not only that, but then he, he plants a church. And he plants this church, and he's, and he's raising up this young man named Timothy. And as he's trying to plant a church, this guy named Alexander the coppersmith comes his way. And I want to show you Paul's reaction to Alexander the coppersmith. Have you ever heard this story? I'm in the right place, and you're in the right place. Because I want to show you our response as Christians. Because I believe our job on this earth is to live to look and to love like Jesus. And hear me, hear me. If we allow anger to be the boss of us, if we allow anger to settle in our hearts, we can never show the love truly that God wants us to show to the world. We can't take the darkness out of the world if we're living in darkness. Come on, somebody. I got one. I'll preach into you all day. Who clapped? You got it. Check this out. I want to show you Paul's response. To frustration, Paul's response to anger, to bitterness, and to unforgiveness. You ready? Let's go. Let's dive in. This is in 2 Timothy, his letter to his up-and-coming leader. He says this, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. And the Lord will repay him according to his deeds. But I just want you to know, beware of him yourself. For he strongly opposed our message. So at my first offense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. You ever felt that way before? Have You ever felt like you've been deserted? Have you ever felt like, where's my friends when I went through the worst time of my life? Have you ever felt deserted? I don't know about you, but let's find out what Paul says next. Let's dive in. How is our response as followers of Jesus? He's been offended, and not only did he, he was offended, but this guy, like, he just, he just spoke rude about Paul. He, he got in people's heads, and people were pulled away from Paul, and now Paul has a moment He goes, now I want to show you what you're going to do when people desert you, when people talk about you, when anger rises up inside of you. He says this, get them back. You're like, wait, what? No, he didn't say that. (laughs) He says what? At first offense, they all deserted me, but listen, may it not be charged to them. All the people that hurt me, Let it not be charged to him, because he said this, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. Hear this, hear this. My calling is more important than my critics my calling is more important than my so-called friends. I want the world to know what God has done through me, and I'm not going to allow people to stop what God is doing in me. I'm not going to allow the deserters to tell me my destiny because my destiny is made from him. I'm not going to allow them to get in me. So I'm not i got to get things out. I'm, it, things are too important. See, I think some of you are making your mess so important that you're bypassing your mission. And Paul's like, no, 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 don't do that. Understand, your mission is more important than your mess. Because if you can get this in your mind, it says this. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The roar. And he said this, the Lord will rescue me. From every evil deed. And bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Check this out. Paul praised when he was supposed to punish. You see, this is what our response what I do when someone hurts me is what do I do? Oh, it's over. It's, it's on. They, they, they mess with the wrong dude. I got friends. We'll mess them up. Boys, let's go. Let's, let's, I mean, come on, let's be real. When people slander you, our mind isn't on salvation. It's on let's slander them back. And see, Paul's response was different from yours and from mine he says i want to live i want to look and i want to love like jesus and if i'm going to do that the only way i can do that is to release those that are harming me because listen if i just dive in i'm going to be in the mouth of the lion but once i say no 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 i'm not going to allow that to happen he says this i was rescued out of the Lion's Mouth. Title today, Out of the Lion's Mouth. Oh, it's good. Announce to your neighbor, get out of that ugly place. Look at your other neighbor and say, You got lucky sitting next to me. See, I'm, I'm gonna unpack this a little bit more because. I know that it's easy to say. A lot of people come up and they're like, okay, pastor. You're Mr. Perfect up there. Dude, can I just be honest with you? I'm probably the most angry person you've ever met in your life. I got people pointing at someone next to me. Yeah, him. Dude, if that's you, just look up here. Just act like nothing's wrong, okay? Like, I'm good. No, no, I'm being honest today. And, And... What I want you to know is in your heart today, I I want us to kind of not just bypass this because I think a lot of the times we think frustration is an anger. was funny. I've been going through some times and I I got with my best friend. Can I tell you, if you don't have a best friend to go to, you need to get involved in a city group and get yourself a best friend because it's killer. I went to my best friend recently and I was like, dude, oh man, I've been just going through some rough times and I'm so, uh, just, I'm, just, just, I'm, just, I'm just frustrated. Just frustrated, I don't, just frustrated. He looked at me and he goes, oh really? So you're angry? I was like, no. Listen, I'm going through this, I'm just frustrated. Just frustrated. And you know what he said next? So you're angry? And right at that moment, dude, you know what happens on the inside of you. Bubbling up on the inside. But I couldn't show him that. I was like, no, 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 no. And I said no a lot. No, no, no. Because I'm trying to calm myself. I'm just frustrated. Know what he did next? So you're angry. No, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. And he goes, told you. <laughs> and it's so funny how we do that. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just frustrated. It's just, it's just a season in my life that I'm kind of frustrated. I'm just kind of, I don't know what to do next. I kind of, I'm just down in my heart. I'm, but let me just tell you, frustration is an outward sign of an infer, inward inward wound. Frustration is an outward sign for an inward wound. And there's some wounds in our lives that we have Kept hidden because we're afraid to take off our blindfolds and see the creature standing in front of us. And realizing as soon as our eyes are open, we're actually inside of a lion's mouth and he's ready to chomp down. And so that's why Paul said, listen, I'm going to save myself from being inside of a place that's going to take me to a place that's going to ruin my life. And so I'm not walking that direction. And can I tell you what he said? I could have moved in my feelings. But aren't you glad that Paul showed us that it's not about your feelings, but it's about your friends. And not only that, but it's about you getting out of prison. Because I think a lot of us are eating rat poison and hoping our friends would die because they harmed us. And let's be real, we're the ones dying on the inside. That the regret and the pain and the frustration inside of us is they're walking away free. And so what we do is if they walk away free, we, do, we, go, we turn it around. And we start getting mad at people around us that never hurt us. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. My marriage... um. I, uh, I remember when we, first, we were first together, me and my wife fought a lot about this when I was frustrated. I would take it out on her because she was the closest one to me. Thank God we don't fight anymore. I don't remember a time we have fought in a long time. Because let me just tell you, I have a mission that's more important than my mess ups. And even if we did fight just recently, I don't remember because I'm about ready to move on and we're moving on. And I'm not going to stay in my frustration and anger there was a time I remember I didn't do it that well. And see, and I remember a time where uh, she was frustrated at me, and I was frustrated at her, and we didn't do what the Bible says. It's like, get your anger out of your life before you go to bed. Don't sin in your anger. This is Ephesians 4. Don't sin in your anger. Just get it out. And I, we went to bed angry. And I remember this vividly. I remember I was laying down and I was turned over. Come on, marriages, you know what I'm talking about. You've done this before. And you scoot to the edge of the bed. (laughs) Then you lay there like, I'm not talking to her. It's like, you okay? Fine. Tired. Going to bed. Scoot further away. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Angry at you, but I'm not going to say it. Because let's be real, anger, and you might want to write this down, anger says this. Anger says, you owe me. You owe me forgiveness. You owe me to say sorry. You didn't say sorry. You hurt my feelings, and I'm in the corner. You owe me sorry. Could you just do it? And see, what we do, when we say, you owe me, what that does is it leads us into this culture of protection where we build walls. And when we build walls, we feel entitled. And when we feel entitled, we move into mistrust. And can I tell you, that's the reason why there's so much divorce in America. Because we have this culture of protection. I'm going to build walls. I'm going to scoop far away from you. And then I remember, now, now my wife, now my wife, I looked over at one moment. She's sleeping like a, like a log. So I, would like, move the bed as much as I can. I'm shaking it. <laughs> Rolling. She's <laughs> snoring away. Fine. I'm not going to talk to her. Laying down, mad, angry. And my wife, now, when she sleeps, my wife isn't, like, one of those, like, sleeping beauties where her, like, My wife is like a log rolling down a hill. Woo! Well, you know, and I know, if you have someone you sleep with like that, they are pulling the covers away from you. And I'm laying there, and I'm like, I'm not moving. And all of a sudden, the covers go off of me. I look over, and she's like wrapped four times in the covers. And I was so mad. Hear me. I was so mad. I'm like, I'm not, I don't care. I'm sleeping in the cold. I'm sitting there going. Now, my wife, now if you're in our house at night, she likes it like negative 20 in our room. Opens the window, snow's falling. There's a fan also in the window, and it's like snow's pouring in. And I'm like, Oh, God, I just, just, I'm so cold, but I'm angry, but I'm so cold. You see, all I had to do to release me from the cold feeling of protection over my life and entitlement was roll over and just cuddle up next to her. I wonder who today is freezing and you're lying in a bed of frustration hoping someone would cover you up. Paul didn't feel like forgiving these people. He was hurt. He was abused. He was talked about. But you know what Paul said? I would rather be warm than laying in my cold misery of life. Can I say something to you today? Maybe you just need to roll over. And go a different direction. Here. And I want to tell you something. A lot of people are so offended because they did it to me. And they owe me. Can I tell you? I want you to understand. They're not coming against you because of them. Do you understand that they are actually fighting a war within themselves? Ephesians. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of heaven in this evil place. You see, I want you to understand most of them are just trying to fight this unseen force that's inside of them, and they're just taking it out on you. Is it fair? No, it's not. But is it human? And a lot of us are looking at these people, and we're getting mad at them. You shouldn't be mad at me. Listen, some of you were in the car with your wife on your way here, yelling at her, and you walk in here and you're like, dang it. Because you know for a fact The fight inside of you is not because you're mad at her. The fight inside of her and the fight inside of you is for division amongst things that are united. And let me tell you what, if you're going to get mad, if you're going to get angry, why don't you get angry at the one that's trying to tear you apart? Why don't you start getting angry at the unseen forces that are trying to pull things apart? Why don't you... So you, how many, how many of you have ever like, I just want to get him back. I'm so tired of the enemy. I'm so, and if you don't believe in hell, hell believes in you. And, and, and tell, this is the thing. How many of you have ever like, I just want to get him back? I just want to get him back for all the evil, for all the anger, for all the hurt, for all the pain. I just want to get him back. You know how we can get him back? They're going to put it up. I want you to learn this. Counteract the devil's bad by doing the greatest good to everyone that you can. You want to get him back? Stop looking at the one that's attacking you and start loving the one that's attacking you, and you'll start seeing a relationship change. Can I tell you, I can get mad at my wife that she pulled the covers off, but instead, I rolled over. Oh come here, I pulled her in on my freezing, put some covers over me. You have four around you. you can share. Come here. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. Why? Because I feel like a lot of us, we want to take on evil with evil, but has that helped the world? Has that helped the community you're in? Has that helped anything? I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 21. He says, Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with what? Say with me, good. There's good in you, there's a mission in you that God wants to get to the world, but if you're in the way of it, See, and it's your choice. How many has no anger is a choice? Of course, no one will be like, amen on that one. But li- listen, you can either be miserable or a miracle you choose. You can either be miserable or a miracle you choose. But Joel, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah, I don't know what you've been through. But I know what I've been through. And a lot of the times, I choose misery as my company. See, there was a guy in Jesus' times. His name was Thomas. I think Thomas gets a bad rap. In the church world, we call him Doubting Thomas. Because he's a doubter. He's a doubter. He didn't believe. But let's just be real. I think a lot of the times, anger is in the way of our spiritual growth. Frustration. If you want to know what is the one thing that has stopped your spiritual growth in your life, this is the key. It's always anger. And here's Thomas. And I want to, I want to show you this. So this is in John chapter 20. I want to show you this is a time where Thomas was a devout disciple of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He went where Jesus went. And now it came to a time where it's in the aftermath of the crucifixion. And everything Thomas believed was out the window. Everything that he believed in was gone. And can I tell you, there was some frustration rising up in Thomas. And I want to show you in John chapter 20, verse 24, it says this. Now Thomas One of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Dude, man, he's basically they're saying, Jesus has rose from the dead. He's back, Thomas. Isn't that crazy? He said he'd be back. And here we are. We're locked up. Look at this. We're locked up. and, And I want you to know, we've seen the Lord. And look what Thomas says. I want to sh- see the frustration in him. Unless I see his hands, the mark of his nails, the place on my finger and the mark of the nails, and place my hand into a sign, I will never believe. You ever been there? If he does not show up, if he doesn't make that person come and tell me sorry, if he, they don't come, I'm just frustrated. Everything I believed in was thrown out the window when he died, and now he rose from the dead. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I believe it when I see it. And then he says this. Eight days later, his disciples were inside and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked. I think some of you in this room are in a prison of frustration. And you've locked the doors. And Jesus is trying to get in. Locked, And this is the cool part about it. Jesus says, even though all of them were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Hey! You locked the door, stupid. Who's there? It's me, dude. Yeah, I just, uh, I died three day, eight days ago. Hey, but guess what? (laughs) Grave can't hold me down, so can you open the door? Or I'm going to have to bust it down like I bust down the door back there. Can you open it up? And let me just tell you something. Jesus had an opportunity at this moment to look at Thomas because I'll be honest with you. God knows your heart. God knows your pain. God has walked with you in your pain. He's seen what's been done to you. He knows your inner thoughts. And Jesus could have went in and been like, you don't believe? Oh, poor little Thomas. Are you okay? Oh, are oh, you offended? You offended, little boy? Because that's what we think Jesus does. Oh, <laughs> oh. just on a cross, I was whipped I was mocked, I was beat up and now I hear you whining, I just want to touch him we laugh but come on but Jesus doesn't take that approach It's like, thanks for opening the door I've been waiting outside for a while it's cold, snow, you know open up there was no snow. I'm just putting Colorado into it. He walks in and he says, "What? Well, what's the first words he says? Hey, just peace. Just calm down. Peace be with you. And the first thing he says is what? Thomas, come here. Come here. Touch my hands. Touch my side. You feel that? I want you to notice something. Um, Do you notice they're not fresh anymore? Because my wounds have healed. They're no longer wounds, they're, they're, they're scars. I want you to touch my scars, Thomas. Did you, you notice something? If I can be healed, you can too. Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't come down in wounds and be like, "Oh, come on, get over yourself." He sits down and goes, "Peace, just calm down. I want you to know something. I died for you because I don't ever want you to go through that pain ever again. I don't ever want you to be hurt again. I'm th- listen. I want you to see. Do you notice? I, there's not a nail in me. There's not one nail in me. I have no wounds. I am healed. And by my transgression, hear me, Thomas. You can be healed too. You don't have to live in that shame. You don't. Have have to live in that regret but guess what Thomas here's the good news it's your choice huh yeah you can be miserable or you can see a miracle it's your choice Thomas goes my you're my God you're my home you're my Lord you're my God I'm with you I'm with you for life but can I tell you at that moment Thomas could have been selfish or he could be saved And in the example in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, and I'm going to have to flow through this real quick because i got to get to the greatest point. It says this, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God. Didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privilege of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges, instead, He lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death, that of a crucifixion. You see, I want you to know today, God was punished so you never would have to be punished. But guess what? He took humility on. Anger says, you owe me. Jesus says, I die for you. So, how do we do it practically? Because I'm not going to get up here and do a fancy dance and monkey boy dance kind of routine. Hear me. How do we do this practically? Here, write this down. When anger rises high, you go low. When anger rises high, you go low. So, next time you're angry, and you're frustrated, and you're irritated, you want to kick down the door of that person that hurts you, just, I want you to go in and say, you're in the middle of an argument, I want you all to see, you're in the middle of an argument, have you ever been there, and it feels like everything's rising, I want you to go, ooh, I'm part of the problem, so you're going to say this, this is, this is practical, you're going to look at you, Look at the person you're hurting. Look at the person that's angry. Look at the person that's angry and go, can I just stop you right there? I want to tell you something. I just, I just need to say this. You know what part of the problem is, don't you? You know what part of the problem is, don't you? You're going to say this, I'm not getting what I want. You know what part of the problem is, don't you? is let's, let's, let's unpack that idea. The reason why you're angry, the reason why you're flipping people off in traffic is because someone cut you off and you're not where they're at. The reason why you're fighting with your friends is because your friends aren't given what you want in the situation but see I want us to take the example of Christ I want us to take the example of Paul we have a mission to love the world we have a mission to look like Jesus to love like Jesus and to live like Jesus and if we're gonna live like Jesus and he didn't call himself good enough to sit on the throne but he would come down as a human and take your punishment take your shame can I tell you the best thing you could ever do for your life is release the resentment and unforgiveness in your heart towards everyone that's around you and start living free. You have the door locked. Why don't you unlock the door and say the problem is this. I'm part of the problem and I'm not getting what I want and I'm about ready to take a step back God and say man I forgive them for what they did to me because guess what? They wanted something too. We're all part of the problem guys. We're all the problem. You're the problem. I'm the problem. We're all the problem. Why don't we live that way? Why don't we talk that, that way? Why don't we get real with ourselves? You're not getting what you want. Oh, well. Wow, that's a weird way to end, right? You're selfish. I'm selfish. Let's stop it. But can I be honest with you? How many fights would have stopped if you took your part of the anger pie? So from now on, I want you to read this with me and we'll leave. I want you to read that. Let's read the question with me. You do know what part of the problem is, don't you? Say it with me. I'm not getting what I want. Four people said it. Okay, hey, come on, come on. Give it get a little little into it with me. Come on. Say it with me. Ready? Here we go. You do know a part. Of... <laughs> Didn't that feel good? Listen, my kids this week got angry. I told them this. They, I'm not, I have to clean my room. I have to, I always do chores. I'm always doing schoolwork. When am I ever going to get a break? And I go, "Ah, ah, ah, ah." you do know part of the problem is, don't you? And They're like, shut up, dad. Because let's be honest with you. The reason why anger exists in this world is because selfishness is in every single one of us today every single one of us today, and can I tell you, it's never going to change unless you're honest with you. With every eyes closed, no one look around, I'm going to pray out, and I'm going to pray for you. If you're in this room and you're like Thomas, man, I just, I have allowed anger to walk in my life, and I just need prayer today. I want to give my life to God. Lift up your hands. It's that simple. Just lift them up. No one's looking. All eyes are closed. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, give it up for those people who raised their hand, saying, I'm not afraid anymore. But I just want you, every eyes closed, stay there. I just want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me in my heart forgive me my sins be my lord and be my savior i repent of the things i used to do and now i walk in a new way thank you for what you've done in my heart and now i'm gonna walk in your new creation again in your name we pray amen amen come on just give it up for these guys come on let's give god praise today he's awesome he's awesome